0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of My Black is Transnational. My name is Dr. Kalechi Bay Lamberts, and on today's episode, we will be discussing the plight of the Black Transnational Muslim. I'll be joined by Brother Abdullah Sise from Baba, um, who will be talking about his experience growing up as a Black Transnational Muslim and why the concept of Islam is sometimes overlooked and negatively perceived, um, especially among Blacks um, and just overall, right? Um, but. We'll get into details in regards to that episode or that conversation. But before we get into that, let's go through our formalities. If this is your first time listening to My Black is Transnational, you can find this podcast wherever you like to find your favorite podcast. Please be sure to subscribe and download and um, please share your reviews of the podcast. If you like the content that we share, please rate it five stars. You can follow us on Instagram at Black Transnational Podcast. We're also on Facebook at the same name, Black Transnational Podcast. You can follow me, the host, at Black Transnational underscore. And you can check out our website for all the information you need regarding guests past shows, past seasons, you can go visit our website at www.blacktransnational.com. We're also on Twitter, kind of, we're still kind of working through it at MBIT, but we'll provide more details if we continue to build on that. Twitter is just something different. Um, All right, so I want to just talk a little bit about why this episode is kind of important. And before I get into that, this episode was recorded during the month, or this, the season of Ramadan, um, as of the publishing of this episode, uh, Ramadan is essentially over, Happy Eid to all my Muslim brothers and sisters. And I had this conversation because one of my experiences um, has always been the overlooking and the undermining to some degree of, I shouldn't say undermining, but just the overall negative perceptions about black muslims in america it's not something that we talk about as often and i think there are a lot of misconceptions that are connected to being black but also being muslim and and the intersecting identities and how they're both essentially considered negative negative minorities so to speak um and so that always has been something that that intrigues me as to why these conversations and maybe they are being held in other in other spaces that I may not be aware of but I wanted to bring to light not just the, the concept of Islam um, I'm not a practicing Muslim, I'm not that, I'm not a Muslim I'm a, I'm a Christian um, but I do have family members that are Muslim and I do have a deep respect for the religion and lots of people who practice it and what it truly means, having practiced it for a short period of my time growing up but I wanted to really have a conversation about what it is and, and why people don't talk about it and how it intersects with being black and being transnational. So I was fortunate enough to have Brother Abdulai Cisse, who's been on the show before last season to talk about Baba, bridging African, African and black Americans. But this time I really wanted to hone in on his experience as a, as a Muslim and, and a Guinean. Um, not Ghanaian, but from Guinea. He's from Guinea. And I wanted to bring that to the forefront. And then we also touch a little bit about his experience going back to Guinea these past year during the pandemic and what that experience was like and what the needs are in, 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 in that part of Africa and how we can continue to bridge these gaps and continue to build bridges that connect us all as Black people all over the world. So um, I hope you all enjoy the conversation. It was very rich. It was very deep. It was very authentic. Um, I appreciated the transparency and just the honesty that Brother Abdullah Sisay shared with us. So I hope you all appreciate it too. And please, again, be sure to leave some feedback for us if you like what you heard. Um, without any further ado, here's my conversation with Abdullah Sisay. Muslim AF is what I titled this. Enjoy the show. Welcome to season four of My Dad's Podcast, My
1: Black is Transnational. You can find this podcast on anywhere you like to listen to your favorite podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook,
0: and YouTube. Enjoy the show. up everyone welcome to my blackest transnational and today i got on a guest this is probably one of the first times that i've actually had someone jump on for the second time um, in back-to-back seasons um, but it's a pleasure it's a brother a person i definitely consider a brother I collabed on a couple of major things and i'm just blessed to be able to have my man's come in uh, this ramadan season to to really share with us his experience again um, I have my brother Abdullahi Sise here representing Bronx. Is it Bronx? Yes, All right, it's Bronx. Bronx representing Bronx yeah. representing Baba. You know, bridging African and Black Americans, representing the whole community. I mean, you're doing a lot right now, and um, and and of course, you know, representing Guinea for sure. So, uh, welcome back to the show, bro. How are you? How are things? And um, salam alaikum. Wa well,
1: alaikum salam. I'm doing well. Alhamdulillah. Today is day 13th of Ramadan, mm-hmm. I believe. And, you know, I broke my fast not too long ago at my in laws.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it was a really good uh, meal. So mm-hmm. that's actually what made me a little bit late. I knew, you know, I just needed to just like eat, you know, and just like hang out with them for a little bit. I so saw I pushed it to nine o'clock. So thank you for that accommodation. Um, and, you know, I'm really honored um, to have, uh, you know, someone like yourself, someone that, Um, I consider a thought leader and, um, I haven't, uh, tapped into your, like your resources the way I wanted to, the way I want to, um, but, um, I would definitely reach out, you know, um, so that way you could send me some of that transnational, that black transnational knowledge and, you know, just some of that high level information, you know, that you have access to. So, um, you know, for someone like yourself, who's a thought leader to reach out to me twice. Um, it's an honor. It's an honor, you know, uh, having respect from your peers is, is a good feeling. So uh, I'm honored to be here. Thank you so
0: much. Yeah, man, no, it's a pleasure. Definitely my pleasure. Um, of course, and again, the transnational piece, I mean, not only will I send it, you know, I also just have to continue to remind people, you know, you're living it too. You know, you, you yourself are just as much of an expert. Um, I think we just, I'm just trained to be able to find a way to to, to, to articulate it, to try to get money from the government. Um, but, uh, you know, the what, what I really um, want to talk to you today about, or tonight, about is your... I want to just talk about it, in, in, as you mentioned, in, you know, 13 days of Ram, into Ramadan. Um, and for those who do not know, can you explain what Ramadan is and why it's so important and why fasting for the amount of time you, you're you fasting for what does it all mean sure and you know i have thought in this interview and i didn't ask you to
1: send me some of the questions or anything like that so um we're we're doing this off the cuff yeah, you know yeah. i don't have no questions so, for you, bro. i'm just <laughs> you know no so this is uh this may be a little challenging for me you know because um for me islam and seeking islamic knowledge. It's it's a personal experience, and, and on the totem pole, on the spectrum of like knowledge seekers or knowledge owners in Islam, you know, I'm just a small fish, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, that's to not minimize um, where I am in this journey because um, you know people accept Islam every day, you know. So uh, I may consider myself a little fish in, in Islamic knowledge, but. Um, I know for certain because you know I have people who reach out to me who are new to Islam or are interested in. But um, yeah, so I have people who reach out to me and are new to Islam and you know think believe that uh, I have this like vast Islamic knowledge. You know, so but uh, again, you know, I, I will take that as an honor and and I try to share with them as much knowledge as possible. Mm. Um, so it's what is Ramadan? So. Uh, Ramadan it's a holy month uh, that runs on the lunar calendar. So uh, you know the typical January February calendar that you know I, I I use most of the time and most of us use a lot of the time yeah. is the Gregorian calendar, yeah. and uh, the lunar calendar you know runs on uh, the uh, on, on the on the moon, mm-hmm. and uh, it is a month in the Islamic uh, calendar of. 29 days, so it comes you know uh, every year, and during this month, it's the holy month. Um, it is when the Quran, our holy scripture, was uh, revealed to uh, one of the messengers of Islam, and uh, the messenger who was, you know, who's a scribe to have like the highest honor because um, you know, he's the last messenger. Um, our Prophet uh Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, uh, peace be upon him. This is when the Quran was revealed to him. And then of course, um, you know, he pushed out to mankind. And um, you know, during this month, uh Muslims fast away from any intake, you know, mm-hmm. taking in any foods, any solids, any liquids mm-hmm. um from sunup to sundown. And and then also just using this time and moment to just um, either be the Muslim that you know that you should be or uh, become the Muslim that you know that you should be. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we do this by a number of different ways. You know, uh, a good observant Muslim during Ramadan should be reading the Quran more. A good observant Muslim during Ramadan you know, should be going to the masjid mm-hmm. more, to the mosque more, n- not just like a Friday thing mm-hmm. or uh, and, and observing um, these nighttime extra prayers, extracurricular prayers yeah. uh, that are not mandatory, that are not part of the five prayers. And, you know, they're, they're pretty, pretty long. And, uh, you, you know, um, you're just dedicating more of your life and more of your time. Away from prioritizing other things like money mm. and and work and secular work and just different activities, and you're just consume you're consuming yourself with Islam and bettering yourself, giving charity, of course, yeah. uh, you know, spending time with family, uh, you know, just staying away from from shallow. Things, you know, you're, not only are you abstaining yourself from food and liquids, but you're abstaining yourself from things that don't enrich your soul, mm-hmm. you know, um, such as just, you know, vulgar like images mm-hmm. in, in, in movies on Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, things that we everyone agrees isn't good for you. You know, how often uh, do we say, stop, what do they call the television, the, the the dumb box or something like that, right? Right. So uh, we've heard these things before, right? So, um, you know, for me, uh, what I love and why I continue to seek more Islamic knowledge and I, why I continue to apply it to my life is that the things that I learned, the guidance that I, I get from it, yeah. I've heard these things in the secular world. And... You know, when I hear it in Islam, I'm like, wow, I understand the wisdom behind it, you know. And um it just uh, encourages me and motivates me to seek more knowledge because like I, I just I wanna I wanna learn the entire Quran, I wanna know all the hadith so that way I could just be walking in conviction, I can talk mm-hmm. in conviction yeah. because I know the things that I'm saying and that I'm doing um, is coming from the right place. Um you know, I think
0: that's Ramadan in a nutshell. I hope that su- suffices. Oh no, that I was, that, was more, that more than suffice. Oh, uh, suffices the <laughs> the question. The so man, I again, it's it's um I have a deep respect for Islam, right? And like I said, my my mother, you know, is my mom is is Muslim, my dad is Christian. Um, and that's just a, a, a nice illustration of the divide that exists in Nigeria overall <laughs> as far as Christian and Muslims. Uh, so I practice Christianity, but I've also in a phase of my life practice Islam and so in that in that I I, I know and I understand the, the especially the ones that are very devout just what Islam means and and what it strives for and what it wants to achieve on, from its pure natural state and Um, Of course, the religion itself has been portrayed in many sectors um, as something completely opposite than what it really stands for, right? Um, All across um, various parts of the world, you know, Islam essentially means peace and people have essentially equivocated um, Islam to something that's the exact opposite. Right. And so that's one thing that's even discussing the religion itself. But then I start to, as I, you know, got older and start to really look at things, people who are black, transnational, right? A lot of times in and Muslim, the, the black transnational Muslim community is very overlooked. Right. So, and when, so, and I'm, and I, so I wanted to have someone like you who is a black transnational Muslim brother. To really share what that experience has been like, did you have to, when you were growing up, did you have to kind of protect or or, or um, hide the the religious portion of of who you are and your culture? Did you have to kind of keep that on the low? Did you you know were you always like out and proud about it? When people talk about Muslims, were you there to advocate and say no, that's not how we get down? Like. Or, you know, overall, did it was it something that evolved over time when you were growing up and you said, you know, similar to how we as young young Africans, when we were young, we were like, eh, say nothing. But then as soon as we got older, we became more proud. Was it similar to that or, or different?
1: It was 100% similar. Hmm. You know, as a matter of fact, um, probably people here, like in my community, I don't know how it is in Chicago when you grew up, but they... I'm just assuming they just assume all young Africans were, were Muslims here, mm, like, in mm. you know, in, in these neighborhoods. I don't know, I could be wrong, you know. Um, There's a high chance I'm wrong, but um that could happen. And, you know, it, I believe that they may have thought it was one of the same African and Muslim. So, mm. um, you know, when I did hide my Africanness, uh, I was hiding my Islam also, mm. you know, in a way, even though there's only so much of that hiding that you can do but yeah. did I own it no absolutely not um did I, I didn't even understand it you know uh you know uh my parents have to tell me, had to tell me to pray you know uh fasting is difficult of course you know when they have pepperoni pizza at school they're yeah, like dang yeah. why can't I have that you know Christmas I had the same conversation with you like during yeah. our during our first conversation yeah so Um, you know, for me, when I hid my Africanness as a youth here in the Bronx, I was hiding my Islam also. Mm -hmm. And you know, not, it wasn't until I became proud of my heritage, um, which includes being African, Mm -hmm. identifying with the Black American experience and being Muslim, it wasn't until, I became proud of that and wanted to seek more and wanted to learn more of who I am. And again, that is trifold, and it probably has other facets also. But those are the three areas that pop into my mind. I means learning, you know, what it is to be African, you know, on a holistic level. Yeah. Um, you know, appreciating, you know, the experiences of Black America, you know, and you know everything that they've done for us and that they continue to do for us. And of course, you know, learning Islam, so that way,
0: um, I know my parents are proud of me. Yeah, yeah, no, that's real. Um, and 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 that's that's interesting because it was it was kind of the, it was kind of different for me growing up in Chicago in terms of the assumption was that you were um, black and Christian, and so the idea of being Muslim was like, if not for you know, of course, I had family members and and of course, like immediate family members who. We're practicing and i got exposed to that you know the islamic community there and we have a there, there's a nice nigerian mosque that's still very active today but it it was something that it was a conversation growing up in chicago where it was like oh people would say stuff about you know islamic people and i was like no nah, that's not how it is because my mom is muslim She's Like, but you go to church and it's like yeah but oh, there's nothing wrong with Muslim people. I just chose to... This is what I felt I was more comfortable with um, as far as how I wanted to practice my faith. But, you know, it was... I had to kind of get into that conversation where, like, no, Muslims don't believe this. Uh, No, it's not about people going to seven, you know, to try to kill somebody so they can get seven virgins in heaven. Like, stop spreading these myths (laughs) about, you know, people who are not practicing these things. Um, And so... I wonder um, when 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 it comes down to the you know you as a, as a black Muslim man how how did you relate to people who were non black but Muslim? was a Muslim a connecting force or was the race a dividing force?
1: How do I connect with people? Well, how are? did you?
0: I mean, even if now, even if, if you want to talk about now, that's yeah. cool, but even in the past, how, how 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 did that go? Yeah, so I have more of those experiences now because I'm like this like social butterfly. Yeah. And I'm in like just like
1: all community. So I have a, you know, I really, really have those experiences now. Luckily for me, and I'm so happy, so happy I'm like this. Mm-hmm. My heart is really open mm-hmm. to um most people. And I've learned to even open my heart up to white people. But uh for a long time, you know, recent years, it wasn't like that.
0: Yeah.
1: Outside of white people, anyone else, mm-hmm. Latinos, Arabs, um, whoever, mm-hmm. I was open f- to them, you know, um, and maybe it's because I hadn't faced any like adverse discrimination mm-hmm. from people who are Muslim and not black, which you know for the most part um, is people I believe are referring to Arabs. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's because I haven't like felt any like adverse racism mm-hmm. from them, mm-hmm. right? Um, not to say it didn't happen, you know, but. Maybe it did because I remember they—they they, a lot of times in our neighborhoods they own, own the bodegas, the corner stores, mm-hmm. and you know who knows. As as a young black kid going into these bodegas, and I remember I used to like tell them. I used to be so happy to tell them that I was Muslim and that you know I knew the Quran. I knew like some verses in the Quran, mm-hmm. and I'd like try to say to them, you know, maybe to get like a free bag of chips or something like that <laughs> yeah. or, uh, or yeah, yeah. cheese. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know, who knows, yeah. but uh, again, I've never experienced it, but I've heard many, many, many stories mm. from trusted agents, from trusted people who told me you know what time it was with them mm. um, and how in in their countries and in you know in, in the Holy Land that we all go to yeah. that there's classism, there's racism there, right? Mm. Of course, you know, I, I've seen reports, I've seen documentaries, of uh, the discrimination and, you know, the the slave labor that happens, modern time, modern day slavery that happens. Mm -hmm. Um, But with all that, for some reason, my heart is still open, has still is always been open to them, Mm -hmm. right. And you know they're my brothers and they're my sisters you know and I'm I'm glad I'm like that because I think that's what uh Allah wants me to be and this this wasn't this wasn't like a moment that I had in my mind you know these are my brothers and sisters for the sake of Allah it's just it's just something you know that that my heart did Mm -hmm. um and my relationship with them you know because i've been around them a lot mm-hmm. a lot lot, lot a lot, lot lately i'm around them a lot and i'm actually starting to like know them and gain like empirical information about them right yeah, yeah. And, and and have my own opinions about them right mm-hmm. and you know some of those opinions i may or may not share today but mm-hmm. as it relates to this question uh i still you know look to them as my brothers and sisters in Islam, yeah. and and I connect with them on that, you know, because regardless of who you are, if I'm around you, you're going to know I'm Muslim, because like, that's who I am, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, uh, when I'm around them, you know, we have, you know, conversations about Islam, when the prayer time comes, I'm going to go and pray, yeah. you know, um, um, and... Yeah, those are my brothers and sisters in Islam, and you know any Muslim is my brother and sister in Islam for the sake of Allah.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 yeah, that's dope. Um, and my mom's actually going to Mecca, um, so she's she's gonna go take that. Uh... She, yeah she's she does this i mean she does this very often so going already being at elijah so it's like uh she was like yeah i'm going going to saudi i was like all right have fun <laughs> um you know can but i meet like, her i oh yeah yeah i, yeah, I got you i got you we will we'll yeah, have to link my, that. my father's going too maybe they can link i don't know <laughs> yeah but one no. of my homies one of my homies is going too were like i mean i hear good things about it my mom always like she has a good time there i mean of course the 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 the, the journey the spiritual journey and and um you know pilgrimage yeah pilgrimage thank you so much i was i was gonna say sojourner but the pilgrimage yes you know that she always loves you know coming back and she's doing it with like her sisters this time so i'm excited for her uh and the reason i'm even asking you these questions i don't know if you and i know you, you, you're probably not one to watch too much television but there's a very interesting show that i saw on on hulu back in the day was called rami um and it's about this you know this muslim man he's i think his family is from i think they're egyptian but like he's trying to figure out his whole like himself living in i think it's new york um and he's trying to figure himself as a muslim man and what islam means to him but he's also trying to navigate what the world expects for him for being a young man, you know, when it comes to like sex and things of that nature. Right. So like he's battling, um, you know, the, the, the normal desire of just being a regular young wild dude. Um, and, but also trying to get closer to Allah and be, and and it's, and it just speaks a lot to why I brought the question up because there was a part in there where it was, you know, a black Muslim played by Marshallah Ali, um and you know and and the people from you know the Arabs Muslims and the the interaction there they kind of made it evident there's a there's a there's a little bit of a disconnect as far as how they view one another. And then so I started thinking about these different denominations of Islam because people are so unaware. They just believe that similar I mean with Christians people are very easy to know all the different denominations. You have Baptists, you have this, but people don't understand the different denominations that exists in Islam as well, um, and you know, so like I can say, there's obviously a difference between the Islam you practice and nation of Islam, correct? Mm. All right. So
1: yes. So okay, I'm gonna wait for your question. No, no. no so no, I just, question.
0: I just, so I mean, so my thing is when, 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 when it comes down to these differences, do. Do they create? Do they create conflict? As far as like, just you know, the diff, having the different denominations practice Islam differently, does it create conflict and strife that that prevents the unification on on times like this in Ramadan? Like, does is it a situation where all things are put aside and Ramadan can bring us all together, um, or is it like no, we just practice different Islam and Ramadan doesn't really matter? We don't all come together to break bread when it's time to break fast. I I just get curious about those things.
1: Yeah. So, unfortunately, Dr. Kalachi, you're talking to the wrong person because, you know, me, I'm the grand uniter. And, you
0: know, I
1: don't care what your denomination is. I don't care what you believe, be it Allah, be it not Allah. Right. You know, uh, if, if you're in my metaverse, if you're in my real verse, you know, I'm always going to outreach and invite you in, yeah. you know. So, um, but to give you the meat, right, for this conversation, mm-hmm. so there is a disconnect in in between the racial lines in the very diverse Islamic um, community, mm-hmm. extremely wide. You have in Islam, you have the whitest of the white
0: mm-hmm.
1: who are Muslims, born mm-hmm. Muslims. You know, there there are European countries. I did not. White, blonde hair, blue eyes. Muslims. Wow. Bosnian. You know, Bosnian. um, Ah, yeah. uh, Albanian. You know, they're Muslims. Predominantly Muslim country. If you see them, you will never know that they're Muslim. And they have, you know, thriving Islamic churches. And then you have the darkest of the dark people, you know, who are Muslim. And, you know, one time I've looked at, you know, the the African continent. And when they say this is the cradle of life, it is the motherland, it it is so accurate, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because in Islam, you have these varying shades of people. On the continent of Africa, you have these varying shades of people also. Mm -hmm. And truly speaking, you know, starting from Central Africa, just across, it's to me, right again. This might be biased, but it seems like uh, you know people are Muslim throughout Africa. Uh, that's what I'm trying to say. I'm 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 kind of losing my train of thought. But basically, so there is the same disconnect that happens outside of Islam mm-hmm. happens inside of Islam because it's mm-hmm. just a world with a mm-hmm. bunch of. Bunch of varying people. You yeah. have white people who are born Muslim. You have black people. So of course, yeah. there's going to be that disconnect, right? Yeah. And of course, there's going to be bigotry. Of course, there's going to be um, a ton of friction because yeah. of these experiences. And then you know that trauma and that discrimination is passed on to generations yeah. that then continue. And it's more beef. It's more beef. It's more beef. More yeah. It happens, yeah. right? Now your, that that answers like your first question, does that happen? Yes, it does. Okay. Um, I just personally, I'm blind to it. You know, my heart has been protected from it. Yeah. And now your second question, uh, before that disconnect was um, the different denominations of Islam. Um, is there a disconnect? 100%. And I know I had this conversation with you and Auntie Kemi the other day. Um, so. You know, the disconnect really happens again from people's interpretations of the Quran. What's in the Quran, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the you know, to in layman's terms, where a lot of the disconnect happens with people from the nation of Islam and people who are followers of Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is that people from the nation of Islam have ascribed a messenger yeah. who is not in the Quran, yeah. and you know this messenger, um, you know came according to them came after the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and I forget his name. I think he's Far. Do uh, you happen to know? Um, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, oh, Elijah. Uh, the founder fe- kind of Nation of Islam. Yeah, it's yeah, not the yeah. Honorable Elijah Muhammad. There's someone else, oh, okay. Muhammad, something I... Far, or something like that. Yeah. But but basically. Um, nation of islam followers i think they even have saviors day
0: yeah,
1: it is yeah. to it is to commemorate the founder and you know someone who called it savior and messenger mm. so when a follower of muhammad sallallahu hears that mm. that transgresses against the teachings of islam mm. you know yeah. and and then when, if someone's going to say you're Muslim, so when you're, if you're Muslim, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I know the little that I know about Christianity is, you know, you have to get baptized. Mm-hmm. I hope, I hope I'm, I hope I'm, I'm correct. But in Islam, yeah. to become Muslim, you testify, you take your shahada, mm-hmm. okay? In taking your shahada, you testify the oneness of, of God. And that Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is the last messenger. Mm-hmm. That makes you Muslim. That's it. ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You're Muslim. Whenever someone um reverts or converts to Islam, you know, an Imam will kind of give them a little education mm-hmm. as to you know what they're about to do. And then you know they'll go ahead and, and do their shahada. And that shahada in that you are agreeing that Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is the last messenger. Mm. So that's where the the you know the issue arises is that you know followers of the Nation of Islam are ascribing someone else. Now, for me, I know you know one or two people who are members of the Nation of Islam. You know, sometimes he'll start group threads mm. um, that he initiates, which I'm sure has people, you know, from the nation of Islam in there. And, you know, outside of, you know, I guess the politics, yeah. right? Um, he, we have Islamic conversations, you know, he'll send like a hadith, right, which is, you know, um, I, in layman's terms, like a quote, you know, mm-hmm. just outside of like the politics, right? And you know, who, who are the ones that are going to act on those politics? I'm not going to act on that. That's not me. But a lot of people act on that, you know, um, the same individual, him and I, we've, we've went to a mosque, you know, um, the way I met him, he's a brother of mine. You know, he, he essentially, um, my wife got attacked right one time in the Bronx long time ago. And, you know, he he does, he stopped and like asked her if she was okay. And that's how him and I met. Mm. And I learned he was Muslim. And since then, him and I we have a great relationship. Mm. And whenever like there's a community out there or community event, I may invite him, he may invite me. Yeah. And you know, when it's time for prayer, no matter where I'm at, no matter who I'm with, I'm gonna let you know I'm gonna pray. Mm. And him and I we stepped into a regular masjid, mm-hmm. you know, more than once, I believe, and we've prayed, we've made salat together. Okay. You understand? Okay. So um it happens, but you're not gonna find that divided in me mm.
0: okay so and i and I appreciate the answer um and, and and I always what I love about you is is your your willing and openness and your genuine um want to to always bridge gaps um it's why I always like to have you on my team man um but one of the things I'm thinking about as you were talking And I always think about my experience Brief as it was um, Learning the Quran, of course, you know Is different, you're reading from right to left Right, and, and um, you know Learning Arabic um, uh, My mom would say Arabic For, To be Muslim Is it important that you must learn You know, Arabic In order to be able to truly Practice, because I personally and I don't know if I have it with me here God I do, I do. Give me a second. Sorry. Right like so I have but this was in English. <laughs> right? And I I have the Quran in English because you know I learned Arabic, I know the Fatiha and all that. Um but it was it was just something that I always felt like, man, if I if if the if, the, if I don't know Arabic and I don't know how to, you know, say certain things in the language does that make does that make one less authentic? Does that make one less real of a Muslim, right? And that was something. And I mean, of course, I know the answer now. But I was as a younger as a younger man back then. I used to feel like, man, if you did this in English, that make you watered down. And so, so what do you say to people who are interested, um, but feel like they, man, I, I can't learn the language. I don't. I don't. I'm too old to learn that language, or whatever the case may be. Um, because I think that, that that's something that people people subconsciously think about. And it's very interesting. I just want to add this anecdote. Because when you talked about white Muslims, bro, I saw this was the first time I saw a white Muslim was um what 20 2017. Bro, I went to I went to one of my mentees graduation. She graduated from Brown in Rhode Island. And they the, the opening prayer was done by a white man. And bro, it blew my mind. <laughs> like, like I sat there and I was like. And I had to look at, I was like, he's, like, and he's saying it. Like, he, he legit, this is not a, um, a performance. This is, he's, I can, he, he's, you know, when you, people say it and you see the emotion, the emotion that comes out when they're singing this middle line, like, you can tell, like, okay, he's legit, right? So, like, he's, he's, he's done this. And it, it blew my mind because that was, no, that was something that I never equated to whiteness like Islam and whiteness. It was always something that was for those who have of darker brown or black skin. So man, when you when you mentioned Bosnian and Albanians, it just you just opened the minds of lots of people who are listening to this conversation right now. But I, but back to my question as far as the authenticity, does knowing it in English and not knowing it in Arabic really factor into it, in your opinion
1: It depends. Okay. what your Islamic goal is, okay? You know, for me, um my Islamic goal is to be able to go through my day making the right Islamic decisions. Mm-hmm. If my Islamic goal was to be an Islamic scholar, right? An imam mm-hmm. of some sort, it's like it's like let's let's make a parallel to secular education, right? So, someone with a high school degree right or dropped out of high school right but was able to achieve like your skills some other way um they can read right right and get through your day and even like you know earn a living because that's that's the goal that's essentially what the 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 fruits are from an education right Mm -hmm. so you take that person versus you know you right like for instance i only got my bachelor's you you have your phd right but Mm -hmm. You know we have respect for each other. You yeah. understand? Yeah. Um, but I couldn't, I couldn't educate a college classroom, but you could. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. Um, So you know, j- just to make that parallel, it depends on what your Islamic goal is, right? So for me, right, and you know, I may disappoint a lot of you know the people that are around me, you know, that that believe like I have like this vast knowledge of Islam. I don't know how to read Arabic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. How, so I, I I took a class from, from a teacher, and I'm about to do it again. Okay. Um. You know, but, you know, I might know the alphabet, that's mm-hmm. about it, but mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. a Quran that has Arabic and English, right? Okay. Because my goal when I read the Quran, right, is to know the meanings mm-hmm. of it. You know, mm-hmm. when my wife reads it, her... She wants to know the verse. Her goal, for the most part, is to know the verses, right? Mm-hmm. And she took the Arabic classes with me also, and, you know, she she likes just sharpening her iron, sharpening her knife, and just you know, rereading the same verses that she knows how to do. Me, right. I'm trying to go through the entire book so I can learn the meanings, yeah. so I can you know, have guidance. I can know what life is all about. Yeah, You, know, you understand? Yeah. And you know, we're, we're in a time now where, you know, people who translated this, mm-hmm. it is very, 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 like, accurate to the Arabic meaning of it. Mm-hmm. So if your goal is to, under, you know, to just unveil Islam, to see what's in there, yeah. <laughs> to see, you know, if it says some of these things, yeah. um, you know, that you heard. I think i think you can get a good idea you know reading that and you know a little tip that i've used mm-hmm. and you know i want to actually share with you because i i love that you have that you know so yeah. um you know there's a free website that is that i use like an audio book essentially right so okay. now that i'm starting to pick up a lot of arabic words um from this is that they'll say Rahim then they'll give you the english version of it but it's an audio right mm-hmm. so you know i kind of use it like a podcast and and sometimes i listen as i read and i'm able to just like really pick up some of these um arabic words yeah. you know one of my favorite arabic words that i've picked up recently is huda right and huda means guidance yeah. right and i love that so much you know yeah. so um but no it depends on what your goal is you can pray you know you do know when you pray okay so is it necessary I guess then you would have to ascribe that to, you would have to measure that against what are the obligations of Islam, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, w- one of your obligations of Islam, if you wanna be practicing Muslim, yeah. is to take your Shahada, yeah. right? Yeah. You can take your Shahada without reading English, all you need is you know, someone to help you, you do your Shahada, right? Mm-hmm. Next is your Salah, mm-hmm. right? So, you don't have to under- really understand what you're saying, you should, because as you're saying it, you'll be attentive, right? Yeah. But you don't have to. Right. Okay. Um, and all that takes is just reciting and memorizing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and all you need to know is the Fatiha. Like, you know, it's just, it's just crazy Kalechi let you know the Fatiha. Right. Okay. So you say that. Yeah. You as long as you know how to do like your, your five prayers, you know how to do, wudu, which is, mm-hmm. you know, ablution, ablution, you know, the spiritual cleansing. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Right. Um, you know, take your pilgrimage mm-hmm. sometime if you have the mm-hmm. finances. Yeah. Uh, pray, uh, fast during Ramadan. These are obligations. Give sadaqa, you know, mm-hmm. give to charity. So those five pillars of Islam—that's what makes you Muslim. The rest is up to Allah. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Um, so from based on those five pillars, you can be Muslim and not know how to read Arabic.
0: Mm. That's that's real. <laughs> that's that's dope. Um, actually, and that's very. I mean, for me personally, relieving. Um, and for those who are listening, hopefully very insightful. Um, and so then, man, I appreciate you really, really diving deep into the religion. Because like I said, I really wanted to shed light on something that I feel like a lot of people don't want to talk about or have preconceived notions. And of course, yeah, it's a lifelong it's a lifelong journey. No one has the entire answer when it comes to it. Like you said, it's what is what are you trying to achieve in your journey, you know? you know, as a, as a practicing Muslim, but I just wanted to be able to give people a little bit more of an inside, um, peek into, you know, the perspective of someone who practices and very devout and, and loves the religion and what, and, 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 and it plays a major role in their, the person's life. Now I want to switch, switch gears just a little bit to really talk about, um, I want to talk about your trip going back home. All right, you did a lot of, you did a lot um, you know, before you came back and took on the role of an act, a major activist in the city again, you went back and you were doing work back in your hometown, so what was that like? Because last time we talked last season, you were like, man, you know, it's been a minute, woo-woo, but now you actually got to go back and you was like, bro, like, we got, there's a lot of things that need to be done, we gotta talk, so I, we're, we're here, and I want to just hear what that experience was like going back and what, what you're planning to do moving forward with that. Yeah, thank you, so
1: you know, I was just talking to my one of my big homies, one of my um, best friends, who's going to Umrah. Uh, stays in Dallas. He's gonna, you know, come crash, come crash over here as he takes the trip out to um, Umrah in a little bit. Who is Senegalese and you know people from Guinea and Senegal and Mali. You know, we we kind of rode together because in Nigeria, Ghanese, y'all think y'all too cool for us. You understand? Yeah. So, you know, us francophone phone speakers, we, we yeah, stick together. And, stick together. you know, when 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 we go to Guinea, we're going to pull up in Senegal. You know, when you go to Senegal, you might pull up in Mali. Don't nobody go to Guinea because then you got some problems, bro. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, all right, I'm going to give you the real, right? So, yeah. man, this transnational like education that you're doing and you know this transactional journey and dissertation that you're doing so important man and i'm just learning so much more about myself you know i'm gonna be real i'm gonna be real this pan-african right this you know proud black man Mm -hmm. did not enjoy you know my faso my Mm. my homeland, my fatherland. I didn't enjoy it. Mm.
0: Um,
1: But I am leaving that story, you know, that statement uh, without any, any period. I'm leaving it open, you know, because I want to visit it again, you know, because um, a lot of my peers, a lot of people who visit Guinea, you know, they they have, they have a good experience, you know, Mm. and I guess what what ruined my experience, you know, some of the issues that I had is um, infrastructure, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, things that people cannot, individual families, individual people cannot fix. Mm-hmm. You know, infrastructure needs to be provided by the government. Mm-hmm. The roads are atrocious. Mm-hmm. You know, when when it's rainy season, again, you know, when here in New Orleans and in America, and I know in some years it wasn't always the case, but, you know, the government provides these things, right? And, you know, and, of course, there's a caveat. Uh, you said this the other day. Nigeria's a young country. Guinea's a young country. So, inshallah, in due time, it'll get better. But I mean. just to answer your question, it was, it was a little hard. So, there was some of those experiences. There's a lot of, like, dust fly. or I think that was Senegal, actually, but there's that, right? And then also, um, you know, like, you know, I have a lot of family there, right? But family I haven't seen, like, really, to be honest, I would say I've seen for the first time because they know me Mm -hmm. from when I was a kid, but I'm having to relearn them, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, God bless bless their heart, and I love them, and, you know, but it's – you know it's just it's just tough it's like a it's like a uh, they're like familiar
0: strangers right you know
1: what i'm That's saying a good
0: way to put it it's a good way to put it
1: you know so um and i'm just giving you the real you know and i probably i probably won't share this segment okay. <laughs> on my socials now i want you to share but i won't share it, you know okay. what i'm saying because i like i don't want them to see and hear this stuff but i want to give you the real i want to give you honest the real you know this is my experience you know what i'm saying um there's the language issue you know, me. I speak Ibanics. They don't speak Ibanics.
0: Mm, I, I get you. <laughs> you get understand? You. Yeah, yeah,
1: They speak French, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, um, and also Malinke. That's right. So I'm from the Mandinka tribe, right? So okay. you know, this is my um, Samusa tribe. Yeah. Uh, 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 the what's the character from Roots?
0: Kuntakete uh, tribe. tribe. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you know, that's that's a tribe that I come from. And you know, the language that we speak is Malinke, right? So Alhamdulillah, I speak that native language. But in my country, they have other, you know, native languages. Mm-hmm. Susu is one, mm-hmm. Fula is one, or Pula, you know, that the Fulani speak, or mm-hmm. French, of course. And you know, Malinke is not really spoken like that, right? So I speak this native language, no one else but speaks. they true cho- they choose to speak Susu, which is cool. Okay. That just means I need to learn Susu, right? Mm-hmm. And they speak French, which isn't cool, because I don't speak that. And they, and they speak Fula. you know what I'm saying? Because all the Fulanis people, mm, you know, so I'm going to talk about that because I really love seeing that, right? Mm. So in Guinea, they have this stupid tribalism beef mm. between the Malikas and the Fulanis. Oh God! Fulanis they don't get along. God. God. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. But guess what? The Fulanis, they getting that money, getting straight oh, yes. up.
0: Yeah, that's same here, same in Nigeria, man.
1: <laughs> like... They getting that. Sh- I'm talking about clutchy. I don't care. Like you know how here in America, yeah. Uh-huh. Wherever money is being received, there's a usually a white hand. Yeah, yeah. And this is why we're striving. Yeah. To keep our money in our community, right? You know, because we send our money away to them, right? Because you know they've had like the legacy to be able to build businesses and you know and, and 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 customer experiences so that way uh the black dollar is spent to them so yeah. in giving the fulanis yo they got all everything on lock i don't care what industry it is, is hotel like, taxis tax. Tax. merchandise whatever they're all the money That's and crazy. you know i'd like to see that i went to school for business right yeah. so I love seeing entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. But I'm Maliki. I'm supposed to look at these Fulanis as
0: enemies.
1: And not like them. But I can't cuz I'm Pan-African and I'm a, and I'm a business person like in my core. Right. You understand? Right. I'm 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 am I'm new to community activism, but you know I I follow business trends, you know, for the last 10 years, you mm. know what I'm saying? So I noticed that and I'm asking my cousin. I'm like, "Hey, how come When we came here, you know, these are Fulani people, you know, on the receiving end of our money. He was like, yeah, man, you know, they really do it together. They help each other out. They give each other tips that the is, don't be doing that. You know what I'm saying? And then, right, check this out. And now, you know, some of the issue in Guinea is that, you know, the Fulanis, they've never been represented in, in, uh, at the highest office in the country, which is, you know, the seat of the president. Yeah. And they want that. They're, they're, they're fighting for that, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, even the my my, my tribe here, I be like, well, I mean, they're getting all the money. We might as well give them a shot. Maybe maybe if they became president, maybe the country could, you know, could be better. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, you don't know these Fulanis. If they're the president, Malinke's are going to suffer. And I just don't see that. I, mm-hmm. Because to me, they are sharp, they know what they're doing. You know, economy is very related to politics. Mm-hmm. If they are able to understand and, and, and master the economy of Guinea, yo, we need to just maybe elect them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's just crazy you brought up the Fulanis because I I mean, it's very tied into Night. It's like they're everywhere, man. (laughs) Like they, especially in that area in in Africa, they're just, and everywhere they hustle. You know what I mean? Um, Nigeria, the House of Fulani um, tribe. um, And it's just, it's so funny that even if we're from different countries, the similarities, the tribalism, the division within our tribes that a product of colonialism is still very, very present. Um, And there's one group that thrives and the other group that's not thriving, but then they're still pitted against one another. And they still represent the same country. Um, And it's it's just, it blows my mind, man. Uh, So like, I mean, I appreciate the the transparency that you share in your trip. So like, what what do you want? There is another time that you that you do go back, what, what would be some things you would like to, how, how would you try to kind of improve? What do you think would be necessary to improve things other than just encouraging being more business and economically, um, you know, uh, grounded? What are some other things that you think you could, that would be different if you were to go back?
1: Mm -hmm. So when I went, I missed my wife. Mm. So maybe if I go with my wife, <laughs> I'll enjoy it a little bit more. Okay. Also, it was hard just you know being away from her and, and the baby. Yeah. Um, so you know, hopefully we can go again this year. Um, so again, right, I'm leaving room to have a better experience, and yeah. you know, because I hear a lot of good things about it, um, and I'm sure it's gonna happen. And I didn't mention I did go to Senegal. You know, I stayed there for like four days. I hung out with you know my big bro Major over there. It was great. Um, we had such a good time, mm-hmm. you know. They've got the better roads. Mm-hmm. They've got like nice venues or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was it was proud. Like as soon as I landed in Senegal, I was like, different. I felt proud. Yeah, yeah. The airport was nice. Yeah, yeah. You know, Guinea airport is raggedy, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I'm pulling up. It's like, come on, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Senegal airport is nice. I'm like, yeah, I, now I feel proud to be mm-hmm. here. You know what I yeah. mean? So you know really to be honest all i all of africa belongs to me all of africa is my oyster you, you understand Facts. so Facts. you know i wanna i wanna go check out Ghana. you know i wanna oh, check man. out nigeria i wanna check out sarloyo oh, yeah yeah you know what i'm saying yeah so you know liberia you know you know cuz one of my ogs you know who is you know originally from Pennsylvania. He's a descendant of Foundation of Black Americans. Uh-huh. He repatriated back to Sierra Leone. He's been there, I believe, for about 10 years now. Yeah, and, you know, he I told him, I was like, <laughs> while I was there, you know, because I thought about going to uh, Sierra Because mm-hmm. it's really close. And when mm-hmm. I say Sierra Leone, that's Sierra Leone.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so, and he was just telling me, he said, man, you know, you might have a, you know, because you know, you're more like Anglophone, you might have a bad experience, like in San or Liberia or whatever. So, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, just like staying in a more English-speaking African country.
0: Bruh. So, like, I just, I mean, we say, I'm going to talk about this on the air because I I had an episode with um uh, a, a, a woman, um Dr. Nadia Sasso, and she did the documentary I told you about Too African to be American, Too American to be African. In that episode, we had rap like, man, you know, We've been talking about, like, yo, we have to do something where we bridge... Like, of course, we always talk about bridging gaps. But, like, we wanted to do something where, like, people from Sierra Leone, Africa... Like, I'm not Africa, but, like, Ghana, you know, Nigeria, Mali, Senegal. Like, we all come together and we do this, like, traveling. Like, I'm not going to say... It's not not island hopping, but we country hopping where we go into these different parts in Africa to just kind of show how similar we all are. You know what I mean? Like, how much... How more like how much we have in common than we that we don't, you know what I mean? And it was like, it was such a dope idea. Not that I'm, the more that you even talk about it, like, man, wouldn't it be crazy if we were all able to just like these different parts of the, of, of Africa that people don't want to talk about? We go and we show the beauty in it. Of course, there's an ugly in it, but the but also just making the case that like more of us we need to just continue to invest in Africa, right? And 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 not just you Know just talk about it when it's convenient, but invest in it because the potential is there. Um, but yeah, man, Sierra Leone, I've heard, bro, it's a vibe. And Senegal, the fact that he, he repatriated there, there's, a, there's another person I had in my first season. His name is Dr. Omavi Bailey, very similar to what you just mentioned. He was, he was, um, you know, he was born in Houston, he went to Cuba to get his MD, and like one day when he was like 19, he went to Senegal you know, went there for a trip, loved it there, man, and he just said, this is home, <laughs> like, he just made it home, you know what I mean, and he would come back, he's a trans, he come back here, he have his family, he met his wife there, kids, with- he has a home there, and he started this program called, um, Prometra, and what they did, is they kind of do the whole, I mean, people do it everywhere now, but the whole, like, doorway of return, right, so you bring them back, and everybody go through the the whole, um, you take, you pretty much take the steps backwards from what happened historically with slavery, but you bringing that up or sharing that story just kind of made me think like bro, we have to like we have to continue to try to find a way to continue to all connect and and really make big moves like that in Africa um one one day moving forward inshallah man like it it has to happen um but but overall, man, I think I've taken way more way more of your time than I anticipated um I really want to to thank you uh, for taking the time. and But I also want to allow you to have any closing words before we uh, before we wrap up. Or closing thoughts. Yeah, I think that's a great
1: idea how country happen And, you know, I hope more of us have a pan-African outlook. Like, yo, Guinea is yours just like Nigeria is mine. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, these places were carved up. Yeah. You know, really we naturally broke broke up into tribes. So um please Kalechi, hulla to Guinea at some point in our life. You know, hopefully you know we have like this friendship until we're like great and old and, and at some point you know mm-hmm. you come home to guinea synagogue got the connection synagogue and same with nigeria you. we already you know hopping in some of these spaces together and you know I, I i love i love the journey that i did you know what i'm saying because i have so many africans around me mm-hmm. you understand i'm sure you, you do you do too as well mm-hmm. um These Conversations are great. I
0: learned so much today. I learned there were there's Fulanis in Nigeria, bro. Deep, that was deep, 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 bro. In the north, the north. Oh man, talk to any Nigerian about the northerners. Matter of
1: fact, house house, houses, right? House of Fulani,
0: yeah, that's the same, 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 same same, uh lineage. I
1: call them houses, okay, I got you, yeah. But I didn't know they was
0: getting money too, but I get money. It's man, I we can that's a, I don't even think on the air I ain't going to talk about it like that it's crazy but the money is there's so it's so deeply rooted it's 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 actually if we're not talking about it from the other side of the coin it's, it's very brilliant um and you have to admire it from a business standpoint um but yeah they they're here man they're here
1: so thank you so much it's been a pleasure yeah. you're great and you know, I try to make time for you you know what I'm saying cuz you, you you don't read y'all lick up be it whether it's not a Syracuse either in new york city and chicago <laughs> and nigeria or in guinea yeah
0: yeah man yo this is this is dope um but brother it's it's a pleasure man I, again thank you so much i wish you of uh, nothing but a but a peaceful prosperous and just um i want to say relaxing but i don't know how much relaxing is going to be for you when it comes to, to all the things you're doing but i still wish you a safe happy prosperous ramadan um peace be on to you and your family and um, you know everything that you pray for come through and come true um so yeah thank you again man and i and i and i, and I appreciate you being the first two time guest on my Blackest transnational man so nothing but love and blessings to you man.
1: i'm angelic allah khaitan salam alayhi
0: right. i hope that you enjoyed this episode of my black is transnational if you like what you heard, please be sure to subscribe and download this podcast and any of your favorite podcast listening apps. If you'd like to learn more about this entire operation, you can check out our website at www.blacktransnational.com. You can follow us on Instagram at blacktransnationalpodcast. You can follow me, the host, at blacktransnational underscore. You can check out our Facebook at Black Transnational Podcast, And we are on Twitter at MBIT. Thank you so much again for listening. Until next episode. My name is Dr. Kalichi Bay Lambert. My black is transnational, and I hope by the end of this, yours will be too. Peace.